Life Happens with Pimelo Motine. When the news came in that uh, the Toni Morrison had passed, I think many of us were in absolute disbelief. I think you could hear it. You were the the news was confirmed, but you just refused to believe that it could be. You would ref- you just cannot believe it. And I I read a tweet that came from Professor Zaik Sumdar that said the literary um, world uh, has lost a giant, and uh, you know he was talking to the literary world as if the literary world had died. And in that sentiment, I think I understood what you were saying. For many of us who, who love books, for many of us who loves the the word, the spoken word, the written word, it is as if we had all died, a piece of us had gone. And I couldn't think of anybody who would help me reflect on this giant in our midst, um, but to think of Leva Mashile in so many, so many ways. She just rang true to me. She would be the person who would encapsulate this life that is so giant. She would be able to help me articulate just how much we had lost. Toni Morrison dies at 88. Lebo, oh. has that sunk in? Oh, Lebo, well, first, what a pleasure it is to be speaking to you, albeit under such painful circumstances, on your brand new show. Congratulations! <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Thank and I'm so you. glad that you have this platform. And I'm so grateful to be processing this with you and with your listeners. Mm. Um, it hasn't sunk in yet. I think it, it's been... It's been a, a, a tragic wave of, of deaths. I think the last mm. few years, us losing so many iconic African uh, creatives and also people from the diaspora who've shaped our politics, who've shaped our worldviews, who've shaped our understanding of ourselves, our memories, who've shaped entire eras in our minds. I think for many of us, as black women in particular who love words, who love literature, Toni Morrison gave us permission to exist as ourselves. She, she gave us permission to wield this craft, to wield these words, to excel in this world of words that for so long excluded women, excluded black people, deliberately excluded our stories mm-hmm. um, because she claimed this with ferocity, with consistency, and she claimed it as 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 a, a force of excellence in the world. I mean, Toni Morrison arguably was the greatest living writer in her mm. lifetime, and because she existed, she gave us the opportunity to exist and to understand that even though what we have to battle is so huge, it is not insurmountable. Even in the battling, we are great and creative and majestic. Um, So, I mean, I feel like for me, it almost feels, it feels the way that it felt when Winnie Mandela died, Mm -hmm. you know, minus the toxic backlash. Mm -hmm. But I still feel the same the same magnitude of loss because in the world of literature she meant that much. Mm. There is so much to be said, Lewa, and I think there, there needs to be more time given to this giant. I think just in passing, we are we are heavy. We are heavy. Yeah, we are going yeah. through, the motions are coming in. But to unpack this giant, I saw a very honest, beautiful tweet coming through from uh, Anelam Dota, who said, mm. I had never read um, Toni Morrison's work. And mm-hmm. a piece of me celebrated the honesty and a piece of me also mourned 
that there is a generation perhaps that has missed out on this magnificent tower that we've lived amongst and, and that don't know about her. And so we owe it to them to to just lend that ear and teach and and I suppose also gift, that's the word, to gift them mm-hmm. with what this mm-hmm. woman had given all of us that we were able to access. I mean, this is what happens when when these mighty trees fall, is that even for those of us who, who, who were as close, you know, as skin in many ways, I can't imagine my life and, and the world of my mind without mm. Toni Morrison. She's such a massive me- reference. Mm. But even for me, the last 24 hours have been a process of rediscovery of who she is, learning new things, reading new interviews, seeing more incredible stuff she's done. I mean, somebody just posted on Facebook five poems that she published. I'd, I'd never read Toni Morrison's poetry. So, I mean, for Anela to, to bravely tweet that is also wonderful because I think many people sit in that position. But how wonderful is that position because they get to fall in love with her mm-hmm. for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that feeling of of grappling with this woman's work, of finding it so impossible, like, but at the same time, wonderful that somebody could be so honest about what black people experience and somebody could depict us in all of our beauty and all of our ugliness with such uh, uh, articulation and, and such a, a, a command of language and, and a depth of understanding of human emotion and experience and history that somebody could make it so real and palpable for me as a black girl growing up in you know in South Africa how much slavery was connected to my life how much Jim Crow was connected to apartheid how much the the, the lived experiences of my ancestors are having an mm-hmm. impact on my life right now today in mm-hmm. 2019 mm-hmm. and my understanding of myself is also having an impact on their experiences when they had them that time is this uh, elastic uh, this, this this elastic construct that human beings have created but it's a living and breathing thing um, Toni Morrison just she she expanded what was possible in the black experience um, and and also boldly asserted that as we are, we are enough. We don't have to look outside of ourselves to find humanity. The universe exists in us as black people and us exploring ourselves is enough. You can come to the table and find us here. We don't have to move. What we have experienced is enough for us to unpack for a lifetime. And if you're inside of that experience, fantastic. If you're outside of that experience, you're welcome to experience it. But we do not have to modify this experience to accompany to, uh, to, to uh, uh, encompass a white gaze or anybody else who wants to modify us for us to be able to be accepted or worthy or, de- or deemed worthy of the world of literature. She was uncompromising. And I think by being that, she, she gave so many of us permission to do the same. I mean, things like, you know, when she said that, that the work of racism is, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but mm-hmm. basically the function of racism is to waste our time. Mm-hmm. So don't waste your time engaging racists. I mean, she's, you know, there's so many nuggets like that where mm-hmm. she's just, just by, by, by writing, she, she liberated us. So, I mean, as much as it's a loss, you know, she's left behind tomes of wisdom and insight and creativity that we have 
the privilege of pouring over. And those who've never read her have the privilege of rediscovering her, of discovering her for the first time. And we have the privilege of rediscovering her. But it is, it's a, it's a massive loss, you know? She's one of those people that I never, I never imagined the planet mm. without Toni Morrison. Mm. I mean, it kind of makes me, mm. I was speaking with Natalia Mulevati, who I think you're going to have on the show yes, a bit later. Yes. And, and we were saying how, you know, it, it also reminds me of mm-hmm. who we lost, you know, just over a year ago and who I'm, a, a year and a half ago and who in many ways I'm still mourning, mm-hmm. you know. So the loss of Tony also reminds me that, okay, Liprawili also is not here and these ancestors, somewhere they're out there and they're still doing their work, but they are not here. Mm-hmm. And it makes the work of remembering them that much more urgent, yeah. but also that much more sacred because yeah. now through us they live. And I was going to implore you, Lebu, what, no matter what, I insist that their work continues to work and to live through the people like you. So it's, it's a big task, but I mean, who else is going to take the bait in? Oh, who else is going to take it? And you are taking it so beautifully with the work that you do. I love the way that you discuss books. I love the way that you care about literature. I love what you do. I'm so thankful for you today. Thank you so much. Liv Mashile, poet and uh, really heartbroken, like many of us who, who couldn't believe that the world that we wake up to today is no longer with Tony Morrison in it. Natalia is on the line. Natalia Mulibatsi is also a poet, a writer who I have not spoken to since, but I think must be completely heartbroken. Natalia, I mean, uh, Lebo mentioned many, many emotions, but I kind of want us to unpack in the few minutes that we have just what this tower meant to all of us. So I think it was sometime in 19, I don't know, I think it was 1988. Okay, Natalia. I mean, it's a lot. So we, we're going through this, uh, flying through because of time. But I think yeah. it was around 1988 when when people, women uh, gathered and decided to write an open letter to the Times to say, is it possible that this woman who has been writing since the 70s has never been recognized in a national platform when they meant national, they meant an American national platform. But they also, you know, things like the Pulitzer Prize, nothing, absolutely nothing. They collectively, I think it was 848 of them who, who wrote this letter to say, we implore you to recognize her work. And then five months later, the Pulitzer Prize gave her something. But this, yeah. is, w- this is what was chilling for me. After having received the Pulitzer Prize, right, writers, mm. black writers, not just all writers, even black writers, Stanley Crouch was one of those who says, yeah. we hope that after having been given this prize, now her work will start to mean something in the sense that her work is, we're just giving it to her because you've asked us, it doesn't deserve the price. I mean, can you believe mm. that? Can you believe that? I mean, this is the experience, this is the experience of, of black women, Wena Penelo. We all go through it. You've gone through that. Mam Wini has gone through that, where the work of black women is always, if it's not erased, it's marginalized. Mm-hmm. And what we need to do right now is to put ourselves out there. And I think Mam Wini, Metoni uh, Morrison are giving us the opportunity to take their work. And you're mentioning the, the, the voices of black writers, black women writers here. It's, and, and this is the work of patriarchy. This mm. is the work of racism that even if the work means 
a lot. Mm-hmm. They're not going to say that this work is important because it's not important to them. Mm-hmm. Toni Morrison wrote about us. She, this is why, even if we didn't, for a lot of us, we didn't know her personally, it feels personal mm. because her politics were about putting a language in our mouth that validates us. And the, this work, I'm looking at this work, and I'm thinking, wow, she's going to be uh, validating the lives of black women who are not even born yet. Mm-hmm. And this is why we celebrate her. I know it's, it's, it's sad, and we're still kind of not believing that she's gone. I mean, when I heard I was like, well, it was, it's, it's almost impossible. We know that death happens, right? Mm-hmm. And even Toni Morrison herself did say that, I suppose, I'm paraphrasing, but the the essence of life is that we die. This is what the big picture is. The the bottom line is that we die. However, we have the work of of language to do. This is the kind of work. All of us are here to transport the power of language and what language can do to validate the lives of, of, of women, to validate the lives of girls, and in particular, black girls. You know, we are working against such a huge machinery, so much institutionalized racism, and it comes with so much misogyny. It, it, and so this kind of work gives us the agency. You know, it reclaims us. You know, it, it's almost like Tony Morrison's work was naming each and every one of us. You know, correctly spelling our names mm-hmm. and our dreams and our passions. And I'm so grateful that we, we, we had her in this lifetime, in this space, I, living, grieving, uh, and, and giving us so much. There's I, still so much that we're going to discover about her writings, the work that we haven't read, the work that we're still going to reread. And it's such a treasure. It's, 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 there are a lot of emotions there, and I'll tell you why. Because um, when people were talking about her winning the Nobel Peace Prize, uh, someone said, well, in fact, uh, uh, yes, and then they said, well, in fact, um, Beloved was a fraud. I mean, when you think about what that means, and in fact, they said it was was a fraud, you know, it was, it was, it, it didn't matter to the world of literature and so on. Someone also said, I hope this prize inspires her to write better. In other words, please. We all running, making all a uh, big noise about somebody who doesn't matter. But the, the real reason, why. the reason because she didn't matter is because correct. The reason she didn't matter is that she didn't include those that have been written about for so many decades and centuries in her books, and that was offensive to them. She writes about herself. She writes about her ancestors, and the way that she writes. And 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 Pamela, you know that she doesn't waste a word, right? Mm-hmm. There is no word. You can open any page, any book of hers. There is no word wasted in which or through which she articulates the memories of our grandparents, our ancestors, the issues around uh, enslavement and how, you know, colonialism and neocolonialism continue to work in order to marginalize us. And you know that Black women and girls are sitting at the bottom of this rubble, mm-hmm. at the bottom of this mess. So those with the power, obviously, who are used to 
seeing themselves who are used to being the standard of representation, obviously are saying, but wait, there's something wrong here. And she did, she did nothing wrong. All she did was validate those who have been erased. Mm. Let's take That's a quick call and um, I welcome your calls on 0891-104-207 as we reflect on the life of Tony Morrison who died at 88. Z in Cape Town, thank you so much for your patience and thanks for calling. Hi. Hi there. Um, I've, I've been listening to the discussions on, on Tony Morrison and I, 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 I for one want to just start by saying I don't think I would personally undervalue a contribution to literature, a contribution as an artist and a contribution as a black person, let alone a black woman. But mm. as I listen to this, I just fear that somehow we've disproportionalized everything that I've just said. And and I mean that in two respects. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't agree with the comments that she is an example of women who have been marginalized and the struggle of black women and black women in arts and culture and literature, because... You only need to look at examples like Maya Angelou on home shows in the U.S. And then as far afield and decades further back as the Frida Kahlo's of the world in Mexico, to realize that that, as a general statement, I'm sorry, is just not true. Okay. So so which statement is it that you are are disagreeing with? Well, the statement statement that one of your contributors about 10 minutes ago or five minutes ago, actually, while I was holding on, Mm -hmm. was making to the effect that, you know, her... Her life's journey mm-hmm. is symptomatic of the struggle which black women and women in arts have faced in the United States. That's how I interpreted the statement, so, and I think that's how many would have interpreted the so statement. So you don't agree okay? with that? Well, as a general statement, I don't. I, I don't say that, that it's not true, mm-hmm. but I think to elevate it as some kind of ever-enduring example is, is just factually incorrect, because you just need to look at the examples of individuals like Maya Angelou, who in many ways is a contemporary, to see that that's simply factually wrong. No, okay. I'm, I'm just but, trying but, to... But, un- no, Z, I'm, but, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just want you to unpack it further to say, if, if, if you disagree with it, what essentially are you disagreeing with? With the fact that there were others as well, had contemporaries? Yeah, no, or you- it's, a fair, it's a fair question. Mm-hmm. It's like I said, I think, when I started, which is, I just feel we mustn't... We mustn't disproportionalize yes. the, the conversation. So I, if, if someone were to say, mm-hmm. and, and, and please let me just be the first to say, I am no scholar and student and expert on Toni Morrison, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to place that right out there. But, but I have a superficial understanding. Yeah. And, and what I would say, and the way I would have, I guess, located and weighted it, yes. is that she perhaps, like so many others, mm-hmm has endured the kinds of things which your contributor has described. But to try and distill her contribution to being the leading example and almost the poster child for this concept of struggle and the struggle of black and the struggle of female self and female black self, I just think, you know, maybe I've misinterpreted. Maybe I have, but I just think that was... That was a significant overstatement. I, I, I tell you what, Z, I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm not saying that the debate is not open. I think it is a very, very important debate, but it does need more time because there, there are specific reasons why people bracket her in that. And, and as you said, you know, you yourself are not a scholar on the subject. And I don't think you're asking a, a wrong question. I think that there is room for us to unpack it and explain why they refer to her in that manner alongside other contemporaries who they don't bracket 
it in that manner. Can I can I just say I, yep. I think that's absolutely right, and mm-hmm. and and with respect, I mm-hmm. I can't disagree with that for one second. But I think just very quickly, mm-hmm. it leads to the second point which I was wanting to make, and that is. Mm-hmm. You know, the sad part about this, and, and I think it was Madiba who said, education is the most powerful weapon with which you can change the world. And the truly, truly sad part is not the loss of an icon, the loss of a, a moral and literal and, and a figure and an icon and a giant in, in, in literature or art. The loss is the fact that in this country, mm-hmm. to 98% of people, mm-hmm. she is a complete and utter unknown mm-hmm. for this reason mm. that we are struggling with the most basic primal of challenges so so my plea is this mm. as we remember her mm. let's not as i said right at the beginning disproportionalize the relevance of someone like her because if we do that number one we're losing touch with reality and frankly number two we're not giving equal weight to many other individuals whether in art sports technology the list is endless who are south african and probably many will argue have played a far more direct and relevant role and impact on the country. I, 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 tell, I tell you what, Z, I, I think you've opened up an, an important discussion, but I think you're being a bit unfair. And, and, and that's, that's why I think we need to have that conversation. And I would love for you to be a part of it so that people can unpack what relevance this particular person, as opposed to others, had in their space, in the literary world and so on. I mean, but I think especially the point about the fact that there's so many who don't know of her work. I mean, it's quite telling about where we are as a country. Really lovely chatting to you, Z. Thank you very much for your call. Okay, it's now 1.30. Let's get the very latest in headlines and then we'll take more of your calls after that. It's uh, uh, the headlines time with Uti Lissab. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. It is 28 minutes to 2 o'clock. We are looking at the life of Toni Morrison, who died at 88, and we're reflecting on her life. And before we went to the headlines, we had a caller from Cape Town, I think it was his name is Z, who was saying, well, why is it that people are then going on and on about the, her contribution as if he, she didn't have contemporaries? I think it's quite a compelling question. Natalia Mulabazzi is joining me in this conversation. She's also a writer and a poet. And I think, you know, what, what that question um, is saying to me, Natalia, is that, in 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 the void and in the gap of of not looking at writers critically like this, like uh, Toni Morrison, like Maya Angela, he referenced, and in fact, there are many. Chinua Achibi, she used to reference Chinua Achibi a lot. The fact that we don't have the kind of education that affords us this kind of knowledge makes it difficult to interrogate what he's saying properly because the conversation we'd be having right now is one with interrogating these writers with everybody. But he's right in saying that we don't have enough people to interrogate and so we can't critically interrogate an important question like the one he's posed. Well, first of all, I mean, his his statement is is really loaded. First of all, we are speaking specifically about this one person, Mm -hmm. this one woman who has left the physical realm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, death sometimes gives us the opportunity to kind of reflect on somebody's uh, contribution, on this one person's work. Um, And I think also going back to our history as black people, we have had systems in place that have helped to erase our work and to erase our worth. So this is why um, it's important to talk about a kind of a Toni Morrison because she wrote about our ancestors. 
you know, and 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 I I fully disagree with um, your caller who says that um, you know we we cannot um, something. I mean, I'm paraphrasing now that she he, she doesn't represent you know the the um, those who are marginalized. Of course, she said for herself in her work. If you if you read Beloved, for example, you know this is where she represents the kind of, of pain, you know, she put language to the kind of pain and the, the lens through which a woman will go to save her, her children, to protect her children against Jim Crow, if I have to put it that way, you know. And that is, that is in itself representation. You know, you, you, you know what I think is happening, Natalia. Z is saying that, and and in a in a in an unfair kind of way, it's it's this thing of pitting one over the other against the other. So, recognizing her work does not diminish Maya Angelou, for argument's sake. Absolutely not. I mean, it's not Maya Angelou who's dead right now, right? It is a Toni Morrison. So, mm-hmm. you know, in radio time, we have a few minutes to. Um, to praise, to celebrate, to share our emotions about this particular person. Yeah, let's take calls. Right let, let, let's take calls. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. Simpiwe in Port Elizabeth. Thanks for your patience. Hi. Hi. Yes. Yes. I just agree with Natasha and further disagree with. I think it is the the previous caller. Yes. Because I feel like his, his argument is fundamentally flawed. Mm. We are reminiscing. We are reflecting. On, on the life and the writings of Cody Morrison. Yes. And I think he's reflecting and recruiting in the debate or deflecting the debate or the conversation to say, let's not look at her in isolation. Let's bring everybody in. I think he does not appreciate and acknowledge the fact that we are reflecting on a phenomenal woman. And his approach to me comes from a perspective or a gaze of somebody who does not necessarily uh, relate to the life of Tony Morrison, whilst the perspective of a black woman mm-hmm. relates to the struggle that she wrote about and what she reflected in her writings, such as um, the BSI. So I feel like the flaw in his argument is, is because he is from a male perspective, and it takes us to a broader problem, or I don't want to problematize it, but it takes us to a bigger debate of the contribution of gender once again and patriarchy um, in the biggest scheme of things. Simpiwe, the, the, the man has admitted to not being a scholar. And, and you know, what, what I, 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 was speaking, I was speaking earlier on about a tweet that came through that said, I had never, ever writ, uh, read uh, Toni Morrison's work. And, and as much as I, I kind of got a bit of a shock from that, I appreciated that honesty. Because I suppose you would have to have understood the work. To critique it and so you know i forgave him the minute he said well i'm not a scholar because then yeah. he, he, but, but then you quickly understand why he doesn't understand how this conversation does not diminish maya angelo and st- it still stands and she stands on her own two feet towering on her own right you know then we could, we could go and ask the question of what if we were reflecting on a male author or a male writer would the perspective with the approach still be one that says, yeah, but let's not look at this male scholar in isolation. Let's also bring, I mean, this male author in isolation, let's also bring in other male scholars. Mm. I feel like it's it's inherent in the patriarchal game to say, when we speak of women, 
let's let's bundle them into one. Let's isn't that isn't I am so sorry to budge in, isn't that the irony though, that in fact if you knew her work you would know that's exactly what she used to be fighting for. I don't think so. I want to say that it takes up more to a gender debate to say that because she's a woman, let's bundle her into one. Whether I know the writing or not. Mm, I get you. I get what you're saying. You're saying it's a broader it's a broader issue rather than even the actual context of the work that she used to do. Men and you still need to have conversations around because he's dismissing a view made by a black woman who relates to mm. Tony Morrison. Gotcha. And he does not necessarily relate to her because he's made mm. irrespective of his his race. But he's there dismissing the appreciation of another black woman to you. another black woman from an external case. So I know. I, ex- I hear exactly what you're fundamentally saying. Flawed. I hear exactly what you're saying. Thanks very much, St. Pew, there in Port Elizabeth. Lucky in Joburg. Hi. Hello, Lucky. Hello. Hi. Yes, loud and clear. Thanks for holding, Lucky. Hi. Yes, no problem. Um, you know, there's one thing that comes up me to call into two things. Um, Lucky, I'm just uh, battling yes. to hear you a little bit. I'm not sure if you're busy with something or maybe move around for us so that we can hear you clearly. Can you hear me? It's much better now. Thank you. Yeah, I'm saying, um, um, the reason I called you just because of that. Oh, Lucky, I think we, we'll try another line. We'll try and call you back on a better line. Let's go quickly to Charlie in Centurion. Hello, Charlie. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you, Charlie? Fine, thanks. I think it's a very sad uh, moment, you know, especially I'm an author, you know, mm-hmm. to celebrate an author and an icon like uh, Tony Morrison, Maya Angelou. I think we, we we must not, you know, come with things. Authors and all people like that are not celebrated a lot. That's why we don't hear a lot about them, like film stars or soccer stars. And while they are contributing a lot towards the development, you know, of nations, so... Oh, I don't know what's happening with our lines. Technology fails us at the, at the worst of times. Natalia, I don't know if you're still with us. Are you still with us, Natalia? It, it is. I mean, I mean, I don't know whether to be surprised at the kind of dialogue that's happening now, which has completely shifted the conversation from one of um, a celebratory tone to one of now debate that's actually a little uncomfortable at the moment. And and I I I, I, I I'm on the side of Simpua who says here we are trying to to reflect, mourn, celebrate a life. And, and someone else wants to kind of come and says and wants to police how that celebration is happening. And it's indicative of, of how, I suppose, women in this country. And I'm checking myself because I'm a woman. So I, I get this. We get this all the time. Women, you know, we're at the bottom of the barrel. We get this all the time. So it's kind of it happens and it's kind of so normal. It happens all the time. I'm intrigued that someone else like Simpue could pick it up. And, and kind of deal with it head on. Um, but we see this all the time where every time you try and do something, there is a but. Somebody comes with a, but why didn't you? But why don't you do this? But why are you seeing it that way? You know, instead of just allowing us to be, um, which is in itself quite sad. Let's go quickly to Tom on the road. Hello, Tom. Hi, Tom. Hi. Hi, Tom. Thanks um, for calling. I, I, I want to introduce another aspect to it. Yes. I'm slightly nervous of so doing, but I've been listening to the conversation whilst driving. Please don't be nervous. Uh, and <laughs> don't be I'm uncomfortable nervous. with yeah. the constant references to the fact that she's a black woman. She, um, 
Mm-hmm. She may have made, I know nothing about her contribution, okay. but if she's made a contribution, fantastic. She's made a contribution as a person. No, no, no. Many, she was very, the, let me, let me, so let me help you here. Why that reference comes through. So the reference is not coming through um, because people are imposing that on her. The reference is coming through because it was central to her work and she made a deliberate attempt to make her business about black people. That's why the reference comes through. Um, I, I take your point there, but still I think it's relevant because I think it's immaterial what her colour was, whether she helped black people, white people, yellow people, whatever. First of all, Mm -hmm. she is a person. Secondly, she is a woman. And by constantly um, identifying skin colour, in my mind, what that's doing is just carrying on this this division that exists in humankind between different colours. What, what, what does it actually matter? What, what's the relevance of her having a particular skin colour? First of all, above all else, she's somebody who made a contribution. And that actually doesn't matter. What her, it, it, it may be relevant that she made a contribution to a specific group, and that group may have been black, they may have been Jewish, they may have been Muslim, they may have been Christian. Whatever that particular group was it is, is relevant and should be mentioned. But not, you know, she's a famous person because she's a black person. Um, that, 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 to me, really is secondary. And this constant emphasis on what colour somebody is, is just, is just continuing and exacerbating the problems of the past. What happened in the past was dreadful. And I've no doubt there are still issues um, um, hanging over from that past, uh, both real issues and, and psychological issues. But the reality is that nothing can be changed in the past. What happened yesterday happened yesterday. The only way we can affect what anything is by what we do today and what we plan to do tomorrow. And, so me... and the, faster, the faster we move on in that direction... Goodness me, wouldn't it be that for us all? So let me ask you this, Tom. Are, are you saying that you really don't get why a specific race and gender is, 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 is recognizing her as exactly that because it resonates with them even today, not in the past, even today? Those very struggles that she focused on are struggles that are relevant and present today, not in the past. You don't see that? I can see that, but I think it's an unhealthy situation. Um, but what's I mean, much more reali- reality is, is, un- reality it, is it, uncomfortable as it is right now. So a lived experience is not, you were saying it's a psychological thing. It's not a psychological thing. It's a lived experience. Sorry, I missed that. I'm saying it is a lived experience. It is not in the past and it's not just psychological. It's a lived experience. Very different to perhaps how you experience your life today. I appreciate that, and I've had a very different life to people in South Africa. I mean, we live in South Africa now, and we've lived here for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I, I, as an observer, I see all sorts of things because mm-hmm. I'm not directly emotionally, I wasn't directly emotionally involved in, in what happened. Mm-hmm. I am concerned, though, that there does seem to be more emphasis on considering and analyzing and and obviously being concerned about what happens in the past, than there is in saying, okay, folks, you know, we now need to move forward. We now need to get on with things because what happened in the past is an unchangeable 
reality. What, what I'm imploring... It's uncomfortable it is, it's not unclean. We, we cannot change that reality. What, what we can do is we can change tomorrow. What I'm imploring we can change you to, today. Yes, but what I'm imploring you to do, Tom, is not to look at the past. I am with you about the present, and I'm saying to you, the current present still has exactly the same oppression, and I'm saying to you, what you could do is to try and empathize. You may not get it, but I'm saying to you that it's not about the past. It's about a lived experience. Um, all I can do is accept what you say, and, and I, you know, I, I don't have that experience. Yes, I get so it. So I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be yellow or Jewish or any any just other try. particular. Try be, just but try. All, try. All I be, do is live in my skin. That's it. Try be a bit, a little bit more empathetic, and and maybe just. A little bit, you'll understand why other people see it this way. Charlie in Centurion High. If one look at the biblical side, there's an old and new testament. So there's a reference that one needs to reference to. So I was listening to the conversation. It's important for us to go back to the past because most of the past are still happening into the future. So it's important. That the past, we must remember the past so that we can move forward. But what I'm saying, it's an honor to celebrate, you know, a woman, a black woman, author or novelist or everything, because there's a lot of uh, little girls and, and a woman that are looking up for mentors and coaches. So it's very important to go back and celebrate, not saying that we're taking you back to the past, but the past is important so that we can look into the future brighter and full of energy for the future. So I celebrate a life, and it's a great life, and I feel that authors must be celebrated, especially in South Africa. Authors are not celebrated. People are not buying our books. People will buy people from America's books. So local authors are not celebrated. Mm, thanks very much for that, Charlie. Rami in Attridgeville, thank you so much for calling. Hi, Rami. Uh, I'm Dumela. Um, I'm not, I haven't really went in her contribution to us, but uh, her books, but from today she contributed something. Mm that I will take forward. Mm. Um, if you listen to the two white chaps that called today, they were practically telling you, get over it, stop this, 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 this nonsense of yours of always praising black people. She's not the only one. That's practically what they were saying. Mm. And that really, even today, tells us where we are. So uh, I'll go buy some of her books and read. But uh, the good thing is that I have learned of her contribution after her death which now, Z, the first caller, mm. she was, those undercover racists, you black, black people, get over it, it's been too long, why is it about black? That's exactly what they're saying to us now while we're trying to celebrate our own. So don't be derailed by those undercover racists, all this, more especially men, men, we're celebrating a woman, get over it, she's not the only woman who does this thing. And we're allowed to celebrate our mothers the best way we know how. So I was just saying that I was peeing. Or just white people. They're undercover racists. Thank you. Rami in Atrajul. Natalia, you've been listening to all of this very quietly there yes, in the background. <laughs> Does this conversation <laughs> surprise you? Um, no, I'm not I'm not I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. All I can say is what 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 Tony Morrison and, and I'm so grateful that now she becomes an ancestor. Like Brawili is a person who's looking out for us right now from wherever he is. Um, such important um, ancestors. And what I can say is that 
Toni Morrison stressed in all the kind of interviews that she did all through her life and even through her work that the work of racism is to destruct, right? So now when you are destructed, instead of now celebrating her, we're supposed to explain Mm -hmm. why it's important to write black women, black girls, black people into the center. Because whether we like it or not, we are connected to our past, to our present, and to our future. And so the kind of work that we do uh, or that we read, that we reflect on, is work that helps us to heal because we have uh, trauma. You know, black people, black women have got a trauma that they need to navigate through. It is as big as an entire ocean. You know, Um, there are people who have lost children and parents within the struggle and things, and I'm talking about globally now, and things that have not been explained to them. Um, and, And these things continue because the work of capitalism still um, uh, does that um, exploitation that black people still live in the same conditions that they lived in in the past. Mm. And this is a global situation. So when you look at that and you look at how violence becomes so much more meaner and angrier towards a black body, anywhere in the world, then you understand why it's so important to use this kind of literature, to use this kind of, of language in order to help us. It's just one thing to help us uh, navigate our hard lives, Let's to, to navigate our own healing. And also when you see one writer, one black woman writer who has made it, who's out in, 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 in public, in the public sphere, who's in the media, who's being talked about, there are thousands more who are not being spoken about, who, who are not known. And, and, and that poses a question, too, as in to why? Because things are put systematically in order to erase. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey in Bulugwani, thanks for your patience. Hi. Hello, Jeffrey. Okay, we've lost Jeffrey. Natalia, I want to thank you for, for your contribution to this conversation. I also want to thank Lebo Mashila, who's no longer with us. And I want to thank you as well, who've called in and added your voice. It um, it's, it's, I'm feeling all sorts of different things. So it's wonderful to celebrate the life that was uh, Toni Morrison. But it's also quite heartbreaking to hear the contestation the contestation of um, no 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 she she said that herself I agree but but it is it is it is worrying Natalia it may not you don't have to be distracted but you've Mm. got to recognize it exists Um, because if you don't recognize it exists then you are living obviously in a bit of a bubble but thank you for celebrating her for allowing us to spend time with you celebrating the life that was Toni Morrison Natalia Mulebazi South African poet and writer and I will welcome your calls if you want to send WhatsApp notes as well you're welcome to do that if you want to send us an SMS you're welcome to do that as well 0861410407 is our WhatsApp number and our telephone number is 0891 104207 seven.